Well, today is Alyssa's birthday, so her birthday gift is she is not on the podcast, and she did not have to spend her weekend watching football intensely like I did. But I am happy to have you back, the one and only Hubert Hong, winner of Fantasy Football 2021 in MV Hooligans, one of the toughest fantasy leagues, some might say. Definitely one of the toughest. Um, And again, thank you for having me back on. Happy to be here. Great week in terms of fantasy. I know that we competed against one another. Um, Unfortunately, I came out victorious. But again, you put up a good fight. And it's a long season. I know you lost a couple of players, but we're going to come back from this, all right? It's a long season. Just get the team together, huddle them up, have a team meeting, and just get back on track. Forget about this week and move on to the next one. We need to really get back on track. But Hubert, before we dive in, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Standard intro, please. This is Hot Zone? No. Hello. It's Hu- <laughs> Hi, it's Hubert. <laughs> Hi, it's Hubert. Hello, it's Nicole. I never say hello, actually. I'm off because Alyssa isn't here. And you're listening to Hot Zone. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Gag. I'm her number one fan. You know, she killed it this week in fantasy and she's killing it in life right now. So good for Gag. I think this is going to be her best year yet, you know? I think it will be. And her birthday week got started off very solid Sunday. Alyssa got the highest points out of everyone in the league for the week. Her players popped off, bench popped off. And she's having like a national treasure type vacation right now where she's actually scoping out the museums where they hold the Declaration of Independence, according to her Snapchats and Instagram. Thank you for the American history lesson. Um, (laughs) But yes, Alyssa is on the East Coast enjoying her time. But I think it is a little bit sad for her because she is finally realizing that when you're on the East Coast, games start so much later. That's honestly one of the reasons why I don't know if I could move to the East Coast. You were thinking about it? Pondering. Honestly, Boston, a very cute city, very clean, great seafood. Kind of pondered for a bit. But Sunday night football starts at 8.20 p.m., Hubert. No, they sleep later, though. It's a different culture. I guess. I know right now you have grandma culture being in the Bay Area, like kind of having your own spot and all that. But I think that will all change if you were to move to the East Coast. Yes. And East Coast sports fans are much more passionate than Bay Area ones. As much as you are a Niner faithful, you got some real fans out there that are extremely passionate and they'll kill a motherfucker for you. Very, very passionate. I think we get more passionate as we go over over to the East. The Midwest is pretty freaking crazy, but not in a good way. Browns fans, AKA. <laughs> yeah, no knock in the Bay Area. I mean, I'm from there, but real talk, like there's some fair weather fans for show. Yeah. All right, Hubert. So why don't we dive into it? So now that we are in the season, I know we talked when we were in the off season, I was more goofing off. No more of that. Everything is all serious now because we are in fantasy football prime time. We are in week five, just wrapped up the fourth week. Now we have a better feel of people. Some people, unfortunately, rest in peace to them. We will remember you, but also forget about you as you leave our teams. 
So why don't we talk about who were the stars of the week? Anyone you want to kick off the combo with? You mean just in general? Yes, Hubert. Anyone that surprised you and was fantastic that you didn't see coming? Um, I mean, the Lions were the highest scoring team and they're actually the highest scoring team this season. Jared Goff is one of the top quarterbacks in terms of yards and touchdowns thrown. So if you're talking about surprises, I would definitely say Jared Goff of the Lions, even though they're missing like six or seven players both offensively and defensively. Yes. Jamal Williams had two touchdowns in 100-something yards. Uh, Josh Reynolds had 100 yards. So, yeah, they had they had their guys step up, and Dan Campbell's really creating that culture to, you know, the next man up mentality. So even though they're not winning games, they have so much potential, and I'm really liking that team, even though, you know, they're not doing so well. I think they could kind of catch, catch a stride later in the season once they figure out their defense, maybe pick up like a veteran, you know, somebody that could bring the team together, cuss them out, make sure that everybody is on their assignments and stop fucking up because, you know, everybody's rooting for the Lions, but their defense is just letting them down. I mean, I see where you're coming from. That game was very high scoring. The defense didn't really do much. But Hubert, you forgot to mention TJ Hawkinson, who Alyssa had. He also had a fantastic game. I think primarily because, as you said, there are a lot of offensive players that were out of the game. For example, your guy, Amon Ra St. Brown, how can one forget him? DJ Chark was also out. And DeAndre Swift, as you mentioned. Yeah, dude, next man up. That's Lions right there. He got two touchdowns. There was one 80-yard pass that he caught, and he ended up getting the most fantasy points for a tight end ever. Seventh most fantasy points, sorry. Seventh. But still, very impressive, honestly. I mean, yeah, seventh is very different from first, but yes, top ten. Oh, wait, I forgot to mention that there's a lot of number crunching. So seventh most fantasy points by a tight end. Still very impressive because some other tight ends are barely scraping by. I mean, yeah, tight ends are tough because if it's not like a Travis Kelsey. Or a Mark Andrews. Or even actually, or a Mark Andrews. That's pretty much the only ones. Like even the guys that used to get a ton of targets, they're really not performing that well. Or they're not getting the ball thrown to them. Like Darren Waller, for example, uh, we were expecting much more targets and maybe some red zone activity this year because they said that in the offseason there's way more weapons on the Raiders now but they're horrible in the red zone um and then also who are some other guys let's see George Kittle for example they're just not playing him I know that he- uh, do not even talk to me about George Kittle George Kittle first of all two weeks prior I think it was two weeks anyway the week before week three I wore my George Kittle jersey I was like my man is back in the game Barely involved in the offense yesterday. Barely involved once more, but got one touchdown pass that got called back. And I was in the shower during this time too. So I got the notification on my app, went into the app, didn't see the points. And then my cousin told me it got called back. I was like, God damn it. Well, why are you hitting the showers during the game? You know that you don't hit the showers until after the game, right? You know why, Hubert? Because I am frustrated. <laughs> there are no more superstitions anymore. I was washing away the bad energy. It was a rough day for me. If you're washing away the bad energy, then you got to stop talking with so much negativity. I feel like you're constantly bashing your players nonstop every week. Hubert, stop you got to start, like, being positive. Look at the good parts, right? They're winning games. George Kittle, he's not injured. He's finally back on the field. He's blocking for other guys. 
he's blocking so other guys like Debo can get down the field and make some crazy fucking touchdowns and that shit. is very true I mean honestly overall Niners did great yesterday Rams didn't even look like they have made it to the Super Bowl in 10 years honestly based on that performance Niners defense killed it overall for Niner Nation it was a great day not gonna lie George Kittle being healthy fantastic but blocking people on the field does not get you the fantasy points. It gets you done. That's what they care about. <sighs> Anyways, it's hard. The tight end market is very hard. So, you know, back to the original points with the Lions. Good for TJ Hawkinson. I'm not sure if that will happen so much later on. You'll know that. But it was a good week. So take the win as you will. Lions are averaging the most points in the league right now. He's going to continue to get targets. Goff is going to slang that thing, so you never know. Goff has been a surprisingly good quarterback. I actually picked up Goff and replaced Russell with him. Russell, surprisingly, did pretty decent, actually. But now he's questionable going into Thursday's game for week five. But yeah, Jared Goff was great. He got a bunch of points. That whole game, like, both of the teams got so many points. It was just neck and neck. I mean, it's all about the Goffins. <laughs> I like that. Maybe if I keep Jared Goff, I'll keep, I'll change that as my team name. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I removed, I changed my team name back to the core for our league. What'd you change it to? It was TaylorMade, but now it's Nikki's Boys once more. Nikki's Boys, no more puns? No more puns! No more puns, Hubert! You know, speaking of George Kittle on tight ends, if you really don't believe in him, you could leverage his value for trade, potentially. <sighs> that is true you don't have a whole lot of depth right now people are still probably high on george kittle thinking that now jimmy g's back at some point he's going to be a huge part of the offense which is possible but right now he's at its highest value you could potentially get a good trade offer in and you need depth right now so that could be a good option that is true i might have to scour the other teams and see but yes as with fantasy it's do you hold on to the person or switch them for greener pastures. You never know. Okay, another person I want to highlight who I think was also on Alyssa's team, Dobbins, finally showed something for the Baltimore Ravens. He ended up getting two touchdowns. It's on my team. Oh, never mind. Oh, he was on your bench, actually. Yeah, I didn't need him. I needed him. I needed him a lot, actually. <laughs> If you didn't look at my running back. I'll think about it. I will think about that, actually. Are we about to make a trade live on an episode? Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. I see some people have been making a lot of trades, honestly, in our league. Yeah. But he was not, he was one of a few running backs that also got multiple touchdowns. We have Jamal Williams, as you had mentioned. I actually picked him up, which was very good for me. Not in our league, another one. And then also Austin Eckler he's been pretty good for the Chargers so far I'm always so jealous of these running backs I think my running backs just haven't found the red zone well some of my running backs haven't ones that I paid a hefty price for so I'm a little salty but all is well and then Josh Jacobs also he got two touchdowns too so it was either a good week for running backs or a terrible one as we will soon go over well Dobbins production was all in the red zone if you look at his actual runs they were not all that impressive ah. so I don't know if that's a great outlook obviously red zone carries are important but he did not have that many attempts and I know he's recovering from like a significant injury so that might come up over the course of the year so that's definitely something to look out for 
But watching the actual game instead of just the stats after the game, you'll notice that his runs were not that impressive. He wasn't getting that much room. It was really just those two red zone opportunities. Aside from that, he only had 40 yards. Honestly, though, if my players just get the red zone opportunities, I'm good with it. One example, Damian Harris got me a bunch of points because he was able to find one touchdown. Thank you, Damian. I mean, you don't want to rely on that every week, though. That's how you're not going to win. It is true, but it's uh, it's a hard balance, Huber. It's a very hard balance. But you're right. I mean, ideally, you want them to be getting a lot of yards and the red zone opportunities, so you get the highest number of points. So now I want to go into some of the quarterbacks. We saw Kyler Murray actually pull off a pretty good game, shockingly. Steve, with that negativity, your team's just going to give up on you. This is this is just all negativity all the time. When are you gonna when are you gonna praise your players? This is not good leadership. Jared Goff did very well. This is a different league and you were not praising him. You're just like, oh I got him off the streets and he just happened to be good for me. Like first of all Hubert, okay. First of all the numbers do not lie. And literally like I don't know. There's some players where uh, uh, I don't know. So you got to you got to dive deeper, man. Like you got to look at opportunity. You got to look at so many different things other than just the numbers. Because if you get so fixed out on the numbers, you might drop a guy that's about to go off. I that is why there's a lot of stress and a lot of players, a lot of elements of fantasy that I'm working through. We are letting you. You should meditate. You should meditate. Find your zen. I need to find some sort of zen. Just look at Gene. Just look at Gene in the eyes. You notice that he's a. Uh, I know your picture right now is him at his, in his youth, but he's kind of growing into like a gray fox, if you've noticed. He's a lot of white hair. He is silver. I, I was seeing his hair. Yeah, yeah, he's getting that Clooney look. He actually is. He's growing into the gray very nicely, might I add. Yeah, exactly. So that might mean he's wiser. He was in the offseason, you know, he might have been studying a lot more. He's making smarter plays. He's still overthrowing guys a little bit. But he never go- goes outside the playbook, never does anything stupid. So, you know, that could be a better option than Trey Lance. He's reined in. And he did pretty well yesterday. So we will see what else Jimmy G has to offer. Yeah, he didn't even get a playbook, too. So talking like George Kittle as well. Yes, he's not getting his targets. But Jimmy G literally got no playbook because of all the controversy of Trey Lance. And he was expected to get traded. So he wasn't prepared for shit. So honestly, how he's performed has been very well for not knowing or not even having like an offseason program. That is very spot on, Huber, and a very good point. He was basically one and a half feet out the door and then got pulled right back in. Okay, and then in terms of other quarterbacks that killed it, we saw a great game from Mahomes. They obliterated the Buccaneers when they played on Sunday night. And Mahomes threw that like crazy pass to Clyde Edwards Hilaire as well in the end zone. I honestly think the Chiefs are coming back up. I think they hit a small blip a little bit, and now it's like full steam ahead. Tampa Bay, they started off the game very bad with that fumble that turned into a touchdown. And after that, they just couldn't really recover. But Tampa Bay's defense has been playing pretty well. It's just their offense that's been lagging since Brady needs all of his weapons. So once they come back, and Brady's always like this too. I feel like a lot of times he's still figuring out a lot of his players. The team's still gelling together. But if you see him in the playoffs, you that's a guy you don't want to see. Yeah. And the Chiefs, 
we don't know how good they are until they face the Raiders on Monday. Uh, they're probably going to lose that game to Derek Carr. You know, we got like our, our bad games out early and now we're just going to go 14 and three. So it'll be good. Maybe that should be my attitude. Lose early, win later. Learn from your mistakes, make adjustments, get the team rowdy, get them together, get them pumped up, get them motivated. And then you won't learn from the mistakes later in the season. The tough part is now, and then it's only up from here. You know, I like that outlook. I will go with that. And that is the perfect segue to actually, before we go into the segue of people who maybe we are going to learn from, I just want to say, I can't believe we didn't start off with this. I just want to say, I'm so glad Tua is okay after that scary scene we saw on Thursday with him injured on the ground. Like, can we just get a, a standing ovation for Tua? Honestly, I it's crazy. I wonder what gang signs he was throwing up when he was frozen. Oh, Hubert. I saw that he is not going to play in week five. I think that is for the best. Don't know why it took them until today to make that decision. Oh, it's a PR move for show. It's a PR move for show, dude. Like, doctors probably cleared him. Because, again, just because something looks bad, it doesn't mean that, like, how he's diagnosed is that fucking bad. Like, football... Huber, that looked pretty freaking bad to me on national television. Joe Flacco, remember Joe Flacco a couple of years? He got fucked up, and he looked like he was, like, asking for the check at a restaurant, and then he played the next week. This shit happens all the time, but the optics around it and because of the discussion of him wobbling and anything you catch on camera gets amplified a little bit. But again, this doesn't dismiss the issue of concussions in the NFL. It's still a very prominent thing, but the optics around everything just make it seem a lot worse than it actually is. Players are probably coming back from similar type concussions without showing it on video consistently. So again, if there's the issue is still there, but his case, I do not believe, is worse than a lot of the concussions that happen on a daily basis. Yes, as you said, there was that scene where he couldn't find his footing from that game. And then so many people have been chiming in as well, all these doctors and stuff like that. And with that, there's more news and everyone is just so concerned about Tua. But yes, I think... On a larger issue, it is pretty crazy with football. So much contact and impact for these players and their bodies. So I don't know. It's a rough world out there. Yeah, maybe they should just start playing in those, uh, you know, those bubbles when you play bubble soccer. (laughs) I hope that there is a safer NFL and everyone just sticks to the rules and everyone just stays safe with all of their brains and bodies intact because... There have been some injuries, and let's have a moment of silence, Hubert. So, I have been in mourning for a while. Okay, this was since yesterday. I had two men that suffered some injuries. So, Jonathan Taylor, he finished the game, did not get as many runs and production, I think, as projected. Actually, that's not even an I think, did not get as many as projected, And it was thought that he might have suffered a high ankle sprain, but they did an MRI yesterday. So the good news is that it came back negative. So he's just questionable. He might play on Thursday. It's a short week. 
to be honest, as a fantasy manager with him, just rest him. It's fine. The season is very long. Like, we do not need this injury to lead to something else. But that was definitely very worrisome on Sunday, I will say. Concerned mother, like, came out. The O-line's not blocking the same way that they have in previous years, and they're supposed to be known to have one of the best O-lines. I think Frank Reich's job is in jeopardy. They probably won't fire him mid-season because they still do have playoff hopes with their current roster. But I think after this season, he's done. So you think that's the reason why? So the offense is struggling a bit because of him, not Matt Ryan? Absolutely, yeah. If you think about it, like Frank Reich has had the same exact offense since he came in from Philadelphia. And they're kind of riding off the success of the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in Philadelphia. Ever since he's come to the Colts, he's had like four or five different quarterbacks, has not been able to figure it out. The one common denominator there is the coach, the system. If you look at all those other young coaches that are kind of dominating the lead, they can come in in the first year and figure that shit out. Miami, for example, Mike McDaniel, he's immediately figured out how to use Tua, how to play to his strengths how to leverage um, Tyreek Hill, still use Jalen Waddle, and still have an effective run game. You also got uh, that coach over in Minnesota. Wow, what do you mean that coach? Kevin, the hotness O'Connell? Kevin, yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, he came in from the Rams. Now, no, to no surprise, the Rams are now struggling, but the Vikings offense looks pretty good compared to recent years as the offense is now more of the focus. So I think nowadays it's really about just flushing out the old school mentality coaches, bringing in somebody new that has experience within like a high powered college offense. And in that way, you can kind of see which players are potentially going to like play well. So that's actually how I was approaching the draft and even like what I'm looking at in free agency, right? Who has a high powered offense? Again, even if you have RB1 or wide receiver one like Jonathan Taylor, if the offense isn't focusing on establishing the run or establishing the pass, who gives a fuck, right? I'd rather have a wide receiver two who is getting more points, getting more touches, and is more involved in the offense than somebody that is considered the feature receiver or featured back and not giving any production. So you got to look at the offense. You got to look at who's the coordinator. You got to look at what they prioritize. And then that's how I kind of determine who I'm going to pick up in the draft and then also in free agency. Yes, that is a very good point. It doesn't matter if someone is a star of their team, if there aren't even any passes that are thrown or they aren't even running the ball, able to run the ball. I mean, that is a very good point. Maybe that will be more research I will do for next time and as I make my waiver selections as well. So another person who, yeah, and I'm curious to see your opinion on this, Hubert. Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh has three wide receivers that are talented. They're extremely good at scouting wide receivers. So you got George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. They all have different skill sets. But again, if you have nobody throwing to them and nobody that's able to create offense from an offensive coordinator standpoint, then there's really no point in having like either of the three it doesn't matter who's wide receiver one or two they don't have an established quarterback and their system is not built on passing right ben roethlisberg was 
not necessarily the offensive coordinator, but he made a lot of the decisions in terms of like where to throw the ball to and what plays to make. They're missing that, right? So the coordinator who's been there for quite some time, he needs to figure out the personnel and they just switched from Mitch over to Kenny. We don't know how that's now yes they did switch and if you look at the target share pat freremuth is getting majority of the targets because he's a big target and then when the play kind of breaks down and then he's at mitch is looking at his like fourth option guess who's open pat because he's the biggest body and he's probably like five yards ahead right so you gotta look at offense like that too there's they were gonna try to establish the run of Najee harris but their o-line's trash because all of them retired right when ben retired as well so I think for Pittsburgh, it's kind of a lost cause unless you're looking at their defense because their defense, TJ Watt, he's the one that drives the whole thing. And then that way it allows them to play slow because they could kind of milk the clock, not score that much, maybe get some field goals in. And then from a defensive standpoint, just have TJ wreck shit up. Thank you for your analysis. But yes, I think the Steelers, they do have their new quarterback at the helm. He did. I mean, he threw some interceptions and... I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say of his first showing. I mean, obviously it wasn't spectacular, but I mean, it's his first time out there. I think he played pretty well because um, if you look at it, one of his throws, the long ball, it was tipped. Claypool could have got that. It was tipped, which led to a pick. Another one was like a drop pass. He has the ability to play make, which is something that Mitch doesn't do. Mitch is a complete game manager. He's too scared to take those risks. I think that's why they put Kenny Pickett in because they needed to excite the crowd. They still have hope that they're going to win the season. And the reason why they were starting Mitch was because they were hoping that he can manage the game, get them a win. Maybe it's not by that many points, but at least they're getting the win. But since they're not getting the wins right now, you might as well throw Kenny Pickett in and see what happens. Oh, Mitch. He's the OG MVP. Oh, God. I wish I knew him those years because I have not known him as an MVP. I did not say MVP. I said MVP. You're Nickelodeon valuable player. Whenever they do Nickelodeon streams, they give out the MVP. You didn't know they had Nicole, Nick, Nick, uh, Nickelodeon broadcasts? Nickelodeon when the slime comes? Yeah, which was the OG MVP. No, I did. I They have the one with the, for the kids where the slime comes down when they get a touchdown. Yeah. Excuse me, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Likes oh, to- God, dude. That, that says it all about Mitch Trubisky, honestly. It says it all. But, okay, Hubert. So I actually have on my list that the Vikings did not do so well on their game that they had in London they played against who did they play against it was so early oh the Saints the Vikings and the Saints I remember I like the Saints gold foil on their uniform well the Saints have one of the best defenses in the league that is also fair the Saints defense is pretty good so obviously if you look at just the numbers in the final score you're not going to think that the Minnesota offense is that much better but if you look at years past Kirk Cousins typically is just doing three and outs, but now he's actually moving the ball across the field. So you could tell there's like a slight difference. He's still Kirk Cousins, probably in the same tier as like Derek Carr, but still that's enough to get you into the playoffs. And as long as you're leveraging him the right way, he'll still get the ball to his receivers like Justin Jefferson. True. Justin Jefferson is very good. One of the first round picks in fantasy draft. And they also have Dalvin Cook. So we all know Dalvin. Yeah. Adam Thielen's still there, always a red zone, third down target. Right. Uh, their talent's not bad. Yeah, they got some players. But yeah, that game was very, very early. I have Dalvin. You have Dalvin, too, actually, in 
different league, obviously. Numbers, not quite there this week. All right, moving on to next week. We're just glad he's healthy. And then I already talked about this, but the Rams were not great. Stafford was terrible. Rams didn't even get a touchdown yesterday. Well, they're missing, they're missing uh, two of their offensive linemen, and it's not the same O-line, like, whatsoever. Even though they're, like, Whitworth was 41 years old, but at the same time, he was leader of that line. And Saver got sacked nine times. True, he got sacked a lot of times. Yeah, so you can't always blame the quarterback. If there's no protection whatsoever, like, there's not much he can do. And they really don't have that receiver that can take it off the top in Van Jefferson or OBJ. So everybody's bitching about like, oh, Allen Robinson's not getting any targets. Like, dude, he's slow as fuck. He's a big receiver. (laughs) He's not meant to take it over the top. He's meant to get like big plays, like catches over other people by using his body. Like you can't rely on him to kind of just speed past somebody, right? Like that's what they need Van Jefferson for. That's what they needed OBJ for. Yeah. So was it a good thing? Probably not, but you can't really blame it on him not getting the targets because there are a couple of times where he's gotten targets, he's dropped it, or they've given him one-on-one opportunities and he just hasn't come down with the ball. Yeah, and I think since it's his first season too, maybe that chemistry between him and Stafford needs to be developed a little bit. He's also he's also a little older, but everybody's like bitching. They're like, oh, Stafford only only uh, throws the ball to white receivers, which is kind of true, which is funny. <laughs> well, Cooper Kipe, uh, Cooper Kipe, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Well, Cooper Kipe? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> chill, chill. Cooper Cup did have a good game, though, honestly. Points-wise, he did above projections. My man, my cup runneth over. I mean, dude, they forced, they forced him that shit. He got, like, 17 targets, which, like, no receiver should be getting that much just because that – Probably means he's not catching all 17 of them, and you're kind of just wasting time throwing the ball in. Okay, well, how about we move over to the next segment where we just talk about Alyssa. Again, like, I'm really trying to promote this positivity thing. All you're really doing is bashing players from the previous week. How do we, we look forward to the future? That is the next segment. That is the next segment. Okay, okay. Okay, not bad. But how about we have an appreciation for Alyssa's segment? She is one of your yes, co-hosts. and it is her birthday. And Alyssa is the other half of Hot Zone. She's the hot to my zone. Oh, okay. So what are you, what, what's your zone? Uh, my zone is the red zone, my friend. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yes, I mean, I think on a positive note, Alyssa had a fantastic week in fantasy. It's always nice to just see those numbers rolling in, also get the weekly winner money as well. But yeah, she is sorely missed on the podcast this week. What's what's your favorite thing about Alyssa? (laughs) What's my favorite thing about Alyssa is that she is a very thoughtful and caring person. I think she does it without like hesitation in a sense where she's just a very giving person. Okay, that's good. Like as an example, this is just something that's so that's so small, but like, I remember we were at Santana Row one time, and I was, like, a little cold. And Alyssa was going to give me the jacket off of her own back. She actually went to her car, which wasn't, like, super close, and went to, like, get another jacket from her car. And it's just, you know, the small gestures that mean a lot. Yeah, yeah it goes a long way. What about you? What is your favorite thing about Alyssa? Well, I love that she's unapologetic and knows exactly what the fuck she wants out of men, her own life. 
the world. So I think I think that's what I've always respected and admired about her. She is very direct in a world where a lot of people aren't. She is. And, you know, good for her. Yeah. And she has great taste in uh in nostalgic music, like everything from the 2000s. She could probably sing every fucking word. So I always appreciate that when I throw in like, you know, like a nostalgic song or like a throwback. She always knows exactly what song it is and she's ready to jam with me. Love a throwback. You never go wrong. Yeah. Fun gal. All right. Happy birthday, Alyssa. Cheers to you. Happy birthday, G. And now let's look forward to the future, Hubert. It's week five. The waiver is going to be hot. I say okay. that every week. But <laughs> who are we going to pick up, my friend? So obviously one of the big ones, Javante Williams, rest in peace, uh, rest in peace for this season. So Javante unfortunately suffered a season ending injury. We are dropping him from our rosters. We will see Melvin Gordon is next up and the backup for Javante and also Boone. I don't know his first name. Boone is also the person behind Melvin Gordon. They also picked up Latavius Murray and uh, Boone last week. Well, Boone's a smaller back, so he's kind of like out the backfield a little bit more, like catching passes and shit. Depends on their style. If they go more power running, it's going to be Latavius and Melvin. But if they decide to throw the ball a little bit more, it'll be Boone. Okay, good to know. But in general, that's not that's not an offense where I'm like relying on the running in general. Russell Wilson moved teams because he wanted to throw the ball. So I don't think they're suddenly going to commit to running. It's always going to be trying to pass into Judy or fucking uh, Cortland Sutton. And Russell did indeed throw the ball last week. He yeah. did. And threw it well. Then the next people are going to be replacing another person who rest in peace for four weeks, hopefully, is I've been saying his name wrong this entire time and spelling it wrong. It's, I think it's Cordell. I don't think it's Cordell. Cordero. Daryl Patterson. Yeah, I've been missing the I've been missing the Daryl, the dare in there. Cordero Patterson, yes. Our beloved running back from Atlanta. He's on the IR. I learned about that on Monday, literally minutes after I learned about Javante. It was like seeing my two sons back to back. I was like, what is going on? I honestly initially missed this news, but he had a minor surgery. His knee, I think, was bugging him for a while. So it looks like it hadn't gotten better. So he got some surgery. Should be minor. So they're hoping it will just be four weeks and he'll be back. But the people who are stepping in in his absence are Huntley and who's other? How do you pronounce his last name? Alligator? Alligator? Alligator. Alligator. <laughs> um, again, don't know their first names. So I think they're both competing to be the RB1 while Cor while Patterson is out. <laughs> Cordero. I don't know why I've been spelling his name wrong this whole this whole time. I was been spelling it Cordell and I can't stop saying it like that. There's a rapper named Corday. So maybe you're mixing him up. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. So yeah, between those options, they should be picked up probably this week. We'll see. You want to hear a joke? What? What does a gay horse eat? Hey. Okay, Hubert. Thank you for the brief interruption. 
pretty good joke, huh? Oh my god. And then another person, if um, you're looking for a quarterback, Geno Smith has been doing pretty well, I would say, for the Seahawks lately. He's been throwing the ball. Last week was exceptionally well. Um, but I really think he's proved proven himself, wouldn't you say, Hubert? No. What? No. He's not bad. Getting like 250 yards. Like, obviously, he's had a couple of good games, but it's early in the season. Seahawks roster is really not that good. Geno has been in the league for like 10 plus years. You know who Geno Smith is. Where is the positivity, Hubert? Where is the positivity? Why positivity for certain teams and certain players, but Seattle is not one of them. And neither should you because Seattle is technically your division rival. I know, Hubert. I know. But I also have a Seahawks player on my team. I'm not proud of it, but I I do have one. DK? No. Oh, Tyler Lockett? Dude, no. He needs Russell Wilson. Do you think that's why Russell is so off because he left Seattle? Yeah, because dude, he's the type that needs to like build a relationship over the course of a couple of years with the receiver, and that's what he did with Lockett. Like Lockett and him went to like church together. Like they fucking like were tied at the at the fucking what's the term? Like tied at the neck, tied at the bone, tied at the hip, tied at the dick. Like <laughs> one of those things. Like dude, they were they were like homies. And then DK, he's just a fucking monster. So obviously, if you throw it to him, he'll get it. But, I mean, they're trying to re- replicate that with Judy. Judy is supposed to be the next Lockett, but he's actually not that smart of a kid. I don't know if you've ever seen these tweets, but they recently resurfaced. Oh, God. That's, like, the phrase that I hate. The tweets recently resurfaced. That's why I deleted my entire Twitter, Hubert. The Twitter is how you get the fastest news. Some good shit. Okay. Let me read some out for you. Jerry Judy on 8613. What if you see Big Bird fucking Elmo? That was the first one. Next. What if you see Big Bird getting beat up by Cookie Monster for smashing Elmo? Interesting thought. What if you see Big Bird walk to you, ask for $5 so he could buy a bag? A bag of what? Are we talking marijuana? Are we talking cocaine? Are we talking crack? Uh, Next. What if you see Big Bird and Barney slap boxing? Great question. Who do you think would win? I think Barney. What if you see Big Bird robbing an old lady? Jerry Judy seems to have a fascination with Big Bird. <laughs> and that is concerning to me. I am more of a Barney fan myself. But it seems that he has this obsession with Big Bird, which I do not know if that is contributing to his drop passes. Because he wins his routes, but he oftentimes will drop an easy pass. Is it because he's having these thoughts mid-route? That may be preventing him from becoming a superstar and what people that were projecting him to be. So that is my that is my fear with J- uh, Jerry Judy. Lockett was more of an intellectual. Judy, definitely more talented, more athletic. But this fascination about Big Bird seems to be affecting his play. Russell is like ready to throw the ball. He's like running, <laughs> avoids the defense, <laughs> like guy that's on him. And he's like, Big Bird, he sees a bird in the sky. And he's like, that's probably what's happening. That's probably what's happening. That's why he cannot be trusted. He's on my team, but he cannot be trusted. Potential's there. But until he gets over that Big Bird obsession... You know what's going to happen. And who knows where it comes from? Maybe he needs to get up better help and get some therapy to understand where in his childhood he got this fascination with Big Bird. I think you're going to go shake some sense into him, Hubert. 
It's all positivity. We're gonna we're gonna talk therapy. We're not gonna shake nobody. <laughs> you know, there's some people I want to shake, but they've done better. So I'm not shaking them. I'm sh I shook them mentally <laughs> in a good way. You should, uh, you should shake for them. Maybe they need some, uh, they need to see some booty. Oh God, I am not the person to look for this small ant hill. <laughs> okay, anyways. We're getting way too off topic. Okay, are there any other people that you think are going to be going quickly on the waiver wire this week? Not necessarily. I mean, who else is injured? That's really what it comes down to. I think for those that did not pick up Josh Reynolds, uh, which I did last week, he is the receiver on the Lions. But people don't know this. He actually played with Jared Goff back on the Rams, so they already have that connection. And if you guys have noticed in recent years, a lot of quarterbacks have really been targeting those guys that they have a relationship with off the field as well. Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. There's that huge news story that was constantly repeated and recycled all last year, how they ate breakfast together every morning. A minuscule thing, but when it comes to playing on the field, huge for chemistry. Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett. That was another thing this year, Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton. The major reason why Sutton is being deemed as the number one receiver is because those two motherfuckers go to church together. So obviously they had that connection through Jesus. I think Hubert, what you're saying is I need to go have breakfast with all of my players. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. You're un you're, you've been unavailable and just kind of judging them from a distance. I've been judging them horizontal on my couch. A GM <laughs> needs to be there for their players, communicate with them, and then understand what they need and help them get there. That is very fair. Very fair. And instead, I am half-focused, getting distracted by the hot coaches on the sideline. And if you also look at some of the young quarterbacks, their GMs drafted them, guys that they played with in college. Joey Burrow, Jamar Chase, right? Even Jalen Hurts, right? Devontae Smith. He's starting to ball up a little bit, even though A.J. Brown got side. And guess what? A.J. Brown... And Jalen Hurts, a lot of people don't know this, they were friends before college as well, which is why they already had that connection. Chemistry is so important. That chemistry. Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, they went to college together. They dominated in college together. That's why they're back together. And that's why Derek Carr is sometimes forcing the issue to Devontae because they have that connection. Human connection is important, whether it's in work, life, or on the football field. That's the basis of human life. That's what you need. That's where you're going to get your targets. It's all depending on who you know, who you love, who you talk to. Okay, I love that. And let's just wrap up this week on that positive note, Hubert. Yes, we're all about positivity. On the real, thank you, Hubert. As always, your insights are very interesting and always give me a fresh new perspective. Honestly, I feel more zen talking to you. Are you my new therapist? Maybe, maybe. Okay, well, anyways, to wrap it up, happy birthday to our favorite, I was going to say redhead, but Alyssa is not a redhead anymore. That was, a, that was a phase. But happy birthday to our favorite fantasy football winner, Alyssa Gager. This episode's for you. Absolutely. And Alyssa, when you come back, I do wonder what are your thoughts on Big Bird? Like, what if you saw Big Bird fucking Elmo? That's a question that Jerry Judy asks. And I think we need to address it. All right. I will make sure that is on the docket for next week. Awesome. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye.
Thanks, Thanks for, for keeping it hot. <laughs>